Okay, Daf Chav Dal. We're starting from the bottom line of Chav Gimel and Beis. The Gemara brought the Machlokes between Rameir and the Rabbanan about an Eved being kind of atzmoi bekesef. Rameir said that an Eved Kenani, we're talking, can never be kind of atzmoi bekesef. Can never Kenani can never have kesef. All the money he has under every circumstance, no matter what, according to Rameir, belongs to the Rabbi. And according to Rabbanan, we have different opinions in the Gemara how exactly he has kesef. Either someone gave it to him and the Rabbi Bishuspoi, or someone gave it to him Menas that it's going to go to Rabbi Tahitzu Lecheres. But there's a way that he could that he could get this money, or at least use this money to buy him. So it says the one on the bottom line of Chav Gimel Mubez, the Rameh of Rameh Rabbanah and Rabbanah, we can actually have a stira from another halacha that is, makes a stira between a mayor and the Rabbanah. This Sanya, if a b'raisa, ain't isha poyder ma'isr sheni, the halacha v'loi chaymish, the halacha by ma'isr sheni is, the Pasuk says, from Gol Yugal Ishmi Ma'asrog, Chamish Yisoy Yisef Alov, when you're poyder ma'isr sheni, to take the money to Yerushalayim and then buy fruits and uh, stuff with it, so you have to pay, if you're being paid to your own Meister Shani, so you have to pay an extra fifth above its value. Okay? So you're paying an extra fifth above its value, but that's only when you're paid to your own Meister Shani. If I go ahead and you don't want to go to Yerushalayim, and I'm going to be paid to your Meister Shani, and I'm going to go to Yerushalayim for you, or I'm going to take the money, then the luck is you don't have to be paid a fifth, and I could just pay the straight up value. So what happens between a man and a woman, a husband and a wife? So between a husband and a wife, how do we look at that pigeon? So the Bryce says, when an Isha is being paid to Sheni, she always has to pay the Chaymish. No, an Isha could be paid to Sheni without a Chaymish. Now, what are we talking about here? So the Havamin is, as Rashi explains, the Havamin is we're talking about Maeser Sheni of the husband. And now the question is, what is the relationship between the money the Isha has and the husband's Maeser Sheni? So, hey, Chidami, what's the case? That the husband gave her money and said, "Be just go through the activity for me. So it's the husband's money, and it's the husband's field, and the husband's Meister Shani. So, so she's just being the Shliach of the Baal, just like the Baal, when he's paid his own Meister Shani, of course, has to pay a Chaymish. So also, when the Isha is doing it with the husband's money, for the husband's fields, and of course she has to pay a Chaymish, there would be no Machlikes in that case. That's not what the Bryce is talking about. Ella, what are we talking about? Bezuza dida. What are you talking about? Somehow, where she has now. Remember, by uh, a isha, it's different than by an eved kanani. But eved kanani, we said masha kana eved kana baila kana baila adoin. So it's all his money, even the money lachari that he brought into the avdos. All that money becomes the other. By an isha, it's clearly not that way, right? Even though he said it's like isha ubaila, isha ubaila clearly anything she had before she got married that's nixle malug, and that's definitely going to be hers. The husband can get payers from it, etc. But nixle malug are for sure going to be hers. So if she has her own money, when meiser diday and the meiser is his, so an isha merachman of isha. The pasuk says mgal yigal ish mimasro, and we dashin only if it's the man himself the husband himself and the husband's money, where if it's an Isha and it's her money, then clearly it would not be considered being part of your own Maishr Shani. That would be considered part of someone else's Maishr Shani. And there should be no Machlaikis. Everybody should agree in that case. She does not pay a Chaymish. So what is the case with this Machlaikis? The only case we can think of where there's a Machlaikis over here is our case, which is the Akne Acherman, someone else gives her money. Now, if someone else gives her money, that's what we said. Generally speaking, any money she gets, she has Metziahs or anything like that, that would go to the husband directly also. It would be the husband's money. The only possibility of her having her own money 
that someone gave her after they're already married is like the cases we discussed yesterday. With someone, someone else gives her money, almanas that her husband doesn't have it. Or almanas that they use it for Meiser Shani. And then the question is in our Brisa, who is considered that money? So the Tanakama says she has to pay the Chaymish because that money is considered the husband's money. And your mayor in the safe of the Brisa says that no, that money is not considered the husband's money, it's considered her money. So we see the Ibchashaminale. We see your mayor in this Brisa says when you do this, the money is hers. And before by Evid Kanani, your mayor said the money is not the Evid's, the money always belongs to the other. And the Tanakhama says the opposite. So we have a steer, Mine Obey. How do you approach the Salah? So Amr Abaya, Abaya says the easier way out, tape, Erechrami, Epoch, switch the Brice around. And of course, your mayor is the Tanakama, and the Rabbana is the safe for the Brice. And therefore, everybody is consistent about your mayor says that you can never give money like this to circumvent the middle person. It always goes directly to the other or to the Baal. And, uh, and the Chachamim would say, no, that you could do it, and it would go to the second, to the Isha. That's Abaya's. Rav Amar No, you missed. You don't have to switch it around because the case is not the case you're talking about. It's not talking about a case where the Meiser Sheni belongs to the husband and the money came to the Isha. That's not the case at all. We're talking about where it's her Meiser Sheni. Okay, she brought Meiser Sheni, or she got Meiser Sheni in the marriage. Her father died, or whatever it is, and left her off and left her Meiser Sheni. Oh. So now, Meiser Sheni that she gets, anything she gets from her father after they're already married, that's considered Nechsimalog, right? Nechsimalog Allah is, it belongs to her Kilu, but the Paris, the use of the, whatever it is that she gets, as we had in the Mark Subas, that goes to the husband. So now, that question is, The question is, does Meiser obtain that same halacha? Who owns Meiser? Is Meiser actually something that people own? If something that people own, then the husband would take, take control of it. Ramirez says the Meiser is The Meiser is not considered owned by you. Whenever a person has Meiser Shani, it's really Maman Gavah. It's why we really own by this base of English by the Kodesh Baruch Hu. We get to use it for our to eat and to bring to you Shalim, but it's really not yours. It doesn't have a Cheshen Mishpat Allah of yours. And therefore the husband never takes that stuff. And if the husband never takes it, Okay, so then it's going, it's going to be owned by the Isha. And then when she uses her husband's money to be paid it, it's the husband's money, and the Isha's Meiser Shani, in which case, it's considered like an Acher, and you do not have to pay a Chaymish. No, Meiser Shani is yours, like any other money, has regular Dine Cheshen Mishpat, and therefore the husband does take control over it, like all other that she would take control over, and therefore it is considered his, and when she's paid it with his money, she's being paid it, the Baal's Meister Shani, with the Baal's money, and therefore it is to be considered that she would have to pay a Chaymish. So it's nothing, this case in this price, like says Rava, is the, nothing to do with our question of does the Isha own the money to be paid to the Meister Shani? No, the question over here is, whose Meister Shani is it? Is it the Isha's Meister Shani? Is it Gavoa Meister Shani? Which means that it's an Acher. Or is it can be considered the husband's Meister Shani? Because the Isha gets it and she owns it and therefore she gives it over to the Baal's next Simulok. So a totally separate issue. And therefore the Machlaikis are there. And the Rabbanan, in our question of who owns the money, the Isha or the Evid, can still stand. Tana. If we want to another Allah. The Pasuk clearly says in Parshas Hashpatim, V'chiyake Ish es ena avdoy es ena masoy, V'shi chasov, someone hits 
a Evid or a Shifcha on the eye, the Shichasa, La Chafshi Yishachenu Tachasenoi. You send those, the Evid, we're here talking about Evid Kanani, you send them free, Tachasenoi, we discussed this halacha a little bit earlier. Vim Shein Avdoya, Shein Amasaya Peel, same thing halacha would be not just with the eye, but with the tooth. Also, La Chafshi Yishachenu Tachasenoi, he goes free based on that. Okay. Tana, so the Bryce says, based on that halacha, Yaitza B'Shein V'ayin V'Rashi Vanam Shein Rechazim. And never would Kanani or a Shifcha Kananis would go free if you knock out the eye or knock out the tooth. We'll see exactly what that means, knock out or injure. And any other major uh, organs or limbs of the person, that they do not heal by themselves. If they heal by themselves, they're not. But if it's something that does not heal, then they would taka, go free. Now, Taisus right away asked the Kasha, so why didn't our Mishnah list this? Right? The Mishnah said it's Yaitze B'Kesef or Yaitze B'Shtar. It doesn't say Shein V'ayin. Tzitzis says, because we're going to have a on our base, whether when you does that mean that you actually go free automatically, or does that mean that the the other is to free them with the star, but they don't actually automatically go free. Our Tana must hold that the second version that just means that the other is to free them, but the actual shikhr is bishtar. And therefore, the Mishnah didn't have to list Shein V'ayin because it's not actually a second Eifah. But Enechanami, according to the Aman, the Aman, would basically go free. That would be another way, and it should have, that should have been listed in the Mishnah, but you, it is another way of Shikhar by itself. So how do you know what they go free with? Bishma Shein V'ayin Ksibi. So Shein V'ayin, we just read, that's the Tupsukim that we had. How did the Bryce say it's not just Shein V'ayin, but it's other major limbs. How do you know that? It doesn't say in the Pulse, it says Shein Shazayin. Because you make a hekesh, like Shem Vayin. Ma Shem Vayin, Mumen Shebegolui. It's a Mumen Shebegolui, an exposed mum. Now it's not clear for the Gemara, and we should have explained it one of two ways with this Mumen Shebegolui. Does it mean Mumen Shebegolui, that the mum itself is Begolui? That you can see the mum? Or Mumen Shebegolui means it's a mum on an aver that is Begolui. Okay, so are we defining the mum, or are we defining the aver? Because if you think about it, by an eye, for instance... Right, if someone blinds somebody, let's say you know with a poison or something like that, you not necessarily can you see the mum, right? You're not going to necessarily see. You see the eye, but you can't see that it's necessarily injured. So the other Rishadim who say that it means the mum is begali is they say that that would also be considered mum shabegali. The mum is begali because you could see the effect of the mum. Not necessarily can you see the injury, but you can see the effect of the injury. Obviously, if someone can't see, they'll have a hard time walking. So one of those two pshat what this means. The enochaisen, so just like shein v'ayin, is mumen shebegoli, and it is not heal on its own. Someone knocks out a tooth, it's finished. Someone not, uh, blinds someone in the eye or knocks out the eye, it's not going to grow a new one. So af kol shemumen shebegoli, enochaisen. So therefore we make a hekish, and we say that for anything else, which is a major limb that someone does that, causes damage that is irreversible and either the Aver is Begali or the Mum is Begali, that would also be included. So how do you know? We have a rule in Shas that if you have one halacha and you want to make a Hekesh to that halacha or a Mehmet to that halacha, you could. But if the Torah writes it twice, then not. Because then why does the Torah have to write both? Just write Shane and I'll know everything. Just write ayin and I'll know everything. If the Torah writes shein and it writes ayin, the Torah, generally speaking, is specifically telling me only shein and only ayin and nothing else. So I have a shneiksu and monkechet. It's two psukim the Torah is writing. So therefore, how do you know that attack applies to other Rashi Varim? So I'll tell you why. The answer is because you need shein v'ayin to help you define 
this rule, and you can't only have one of them. If it just said, if you knock out a tooth, what a shade is what we call baby teeth. Right? So the baby teeth, which are going to fall out anyways, so if a person knocks off an ev, you have an evid cotton, but you can have a, uh, a evid kanani who's a cotton, that's no problem. We never said anything like, not like that. So if you have an evid kanani who's a cotton, three years old, and you knock out his tooth, does he go free? If it just said Shane, you would think yes. So so it tells you ayin that it has to be something that's permanent, not something that's going to fall out on its own. Okay. If it just said I, then maybe I is different because an I is an integral part of the person because you're born with an I. But a person is not born with his permanent teeth. And therefore, since the permanent teeth don't grow till later, maybe if you knock them out, the evidence does not go free. And therefore, you need to have Shane, you need to have I in both. And therefore, the fact that they're both written is not called a snake because you actually need them both. And therefore, maybe Taka from that, you could, you could learn out, like we're saying, that anything else, which is daimit, the shame vayin, that it is mumen shebegoli and enechayzen, should be good. So, but how do you know the dash not that way? Where do you get dash a different way? The aim of the Pasuk says kiyake. So kiyake is a cloud. Kiyake would mean that you hit the event anywhere, right? Just slap him in the face. And then when it says shein v'ayin, that's a prat. That's an example, a specific example of the kiyake. And therefore we should dash in klalu prat. And we dash in ein b'kleim b'klal elamash b'frat. Whenever you have a klal followed by a prat, the halacha is you only focus on the prat. Shein v'ayin in midyachrin eloi. And then it should specifically be only Shane V'ayin and not have the ability to make a hekish to anything else. It says the more because the Pasuk says, La chafshi yishalchenu. La chafshi yishalchenu, we're saying is, Chazav et klal. So that is a klal that in all circumstances you send him free. And therefore we darshan klal prat u klal. Whenever you have a prat with two klalim around it, one at the beginning, one at the end, that's what we call a klal prat klal. And then we say, Iyatadon ela ke'ena prat. Okay? So if it's a klal prat, Stop. Then it's Eimbechal Elamash Befrat. When you have the second cloud at the end, that actually means the opposite. It actually means now you can darshan like a hekish. It's more than a hekish. It's a cloud prat cloud. That anything which is similar to the prat also would be included. So not just Shevayim, but also these other Rosh Shevar. Ma prat mefur is Rumen Shevagolim and Echoisim. Afkomen Shevagolim and Echoisim. Wait a second. This is always a question. Whenever you make this kind of hekishim, how specific does it have to be? Right? So, maybe we can say like this. Mm-hmm. So, A, it's a moment shibagali, yes, the, the limb is exposed, or the mum is exposed. It's, it doesn't work, but it also these things are batomi malachtai. They become totally unusable once they are injured. Right? An eye that's blind is unusable. A tooth that's knocked out, obviously, is unusable. So maybe you should have to have a third criteria that it has to become totally unusable. But we see in a Bryce not like that. The Bryce says, Tolash if you pulled the Evans beard, okay, and it somehow dislocated his jaw, okay, so now the jaw is injured. Now the jaw is begoloi, okay, you could see it, okay, and it's not going to heal itself by itself, but it says, the Evans goes free. Now, even if the jaw is dislocated, it's still usable. Okay, the Gemara is assuming that you could still chew with a dislocated jaw. I'm not sure if you can. Okay, but the Gemara is assuming that that's it's not right called that's not called batumalachte. Okay, therefore it cannot be that our criteria would include batumalachte if you see that a dislocated jaw is included. So back to our question: How do you make this drasha? 
says the Gemara, Lachavshi is Shalchenu is a Reboy. Remember, we had two ways of dashing in Shas. We had Klal Prat Klal and Reboy Miut Reboy. The difference between them is when you say Klal Prat Klal, we say that it has to be Dome to the Prat very specifically. Whereas Reboy Miut Reboy says the opposite. As long as it's not totally not like the Prat, that's good enough. So says the Gemara over here, Lachavshi Yochet Shalchenu, and again, you have to trust the Gemara for this, Reboyhu. That's not a Klal, it's a Reboy. And if it's a riboy, then it's marba everything, even if it's not necessarily 100% baltabi malachta. So maybe riboyu, but if it's a riboy, it's a feel kilo ayodav it's some sort of cipher lachsonami. So once it's a riboy, then it should be marba everything. Right? It should be marba, even if you hit him on the hand, and the hand shrivels, and it's going to come back, it should also work. How do you know that the ainer chayzrim is part of this? But alamatanya he call yada if you hit the evan on the hand, but some sun it shrivels, becomes not usable. The soifer laxer, but it's going to heal on its own. Ain't evan yitzvim lucheres. So you see, that's not reboy everything. Says more imkain shen vayin by a honeylight. Even by a reboy miut reboy, the miut in this case shen vayin has to tell you something that is excluded. So therefore, we're going to tell you it's excluding a. It has to be mumin shabagoloi, and it has to be einochayz. Again, it's up to Chazal to determine where they want to draw the line, but that's what it is. And therefore, the fact that it's not totally unusable, that's fine. But as long as it's einochayz and mumin shabagoloi, that's the criteria. Tanarabban. Now we get to this point, which we mentioned in the Ramanal. Bekulam eved yaitzman cheres v'tzarech yetshicher divrei b'shemin. So Shimon says in the Brisa that yes, the Evan goes free, but it just means that the Odin has is mechuyev to free him, but he's actually being mechuyev him with be mishachre him with a get shicher. It's not automatic. Divrei Shimon, Remei, Remei says no. That's not what the halacha says. The halacha says he's free, automatic. How do we know? We'll see in the pasuk in a second. Rabbi Lezer Mitzarich, Rabbi Tarfon Amar Einotzarich, Rabbi Kiva Amar So back and forth, just seems to be bouncing around between the various generations of Tanoim. What the halacha is over here? Hamachriyah of Tanchachamim, the ones who are machriyah and paskin halacha, they paskin a very, very bizarre pshara, and they said Nirin Divir Rabbi Tarfon, Rabbi Tarfon who said he automatically goes free, b'shein va'ayin. Dafka by Shein Va'ayin, Shatara Zachsaloi, because the Torah says specifically Shein Va'ayin. Vidiri Be'akiva, who says you do need to write a Get Shechur, Vishare Varb, Hoyle Vaknas Chachamimu. Since these are only a Knas Chachamim, we're going to be Mechalik between Shein Va'ayin, which is what will be automatic, and these other Rashi Varm that we discussed that will be not automatic, those you have to write a Shtar Shechur. So they were Knasu? What do you mean Knas? Hakroi Kardashira, you just Darshaned it, be Ribim Moyet Riboy. Which means that's one of the Yud Gimel Midas Shatayin addresses for him. It's a Din Daraisel of Chol What in the world are you talking about that you be mechalik between Shein Va'ayin and other Rashi Var? Ella says the Gemara Halu Midrash Chachamimu. This is a very very bizarre type of drasha. The Ramam we know in many places in the Ramam is mechalik between things which are beferish in the pasuk and things which are drushes. He calls them divrei seifrim. The Ramam calls them. This could be maybe one of the occurrences of the Ramam to make such a chiluk. Taisus over here says tupshatim. Either Taisus says over here that by the other rashi varam we say that since it's only a drasha, people might not be aware of the drasha. And therefore, people will not know that the evidence is supposed to go free. And therefore, Chazal said, give a get shichur, so it's obvious. And therefore, nobody will question the shichur of the evidence. So, first, it's just the Rabbanan to give the get shichur. And that's the way Pasanah can be kiva. The second, says, a very interesting drasha, but let's lead the next drasha first, then we'll come back. 
says the Gemara, my time in the Bshimid. So what's Taka Pshat in the Bshimid? The Bshimid says you do need to get Shekhar. So the Gemara, Yolov Shiluach, Shiluach mi Isha. He learns it out from Get Isha. It said over here, Lachavshi Yishalchenu. It says by Get Isha of a Sholchami Beisa, my Isha Bishtar, if I am Bishtar. So therefore it has to be with a Shtar. The mayor says no. Ikos of chafshi the besoif kedigamet. If it would have said the the shalchenu chafshi, then you're right. It means you should send them out, but he doesn't go free until you actually write a star. Hashdik said the chafshi shalchenu says the word chafshi first. Have they chafshi meikora? It actually means before the Yishalchenu, he's already Chavshi, which overrides any Xerushav you're going to make, and says that he would go free without the Shtar. So, says Taisvis, so now maybe we could say that the Pshat in the previous Gemara is that Shein Vayim, which are Beferish in the Pasuk, so then we could Darshan, is the Chavshi first, is the Chavshi second, and we'll say according to Mary, the Chavshi is first, and therefore you don't need a Shtar. Whereas the other ones that we're only learning out from a drasha, over there we, we can learn out from Get Isha that you do need a star. And that's how the previous Gemara is machalic between them. Because the only way you know you go free automatically is because of the Pasuk, the Beferish of the Pasuk. And that Beferish Pasuk is only Beferish talking about Shein Va'ayin. Whereas the ones you learn from a drasha, maybe those taki would learn out, that's how you could split them up, maybe Api Alocha, the Gemara defined which ones do need a Shein Va'ayin, do not need a Shechar Shechar, but the other ones do need a Shechar Shechar. Tanar so if a person hits the evet on the eye, and he becomes blind. He hits him on his ear, and he becomes deaf. So So we see, again, these are called mumin shabagoli, because either because, again, the eye or the ear is begoli, or because the effect of being deaf, or the effect of being blind, obviously is noticeable to everybody. But what if the person doesn't hit the evet? He hits on the wall. And it causes a loud noise. And that causes the Evid to become blind. Never actually touches him. He smacks him on the side. He hits him on the wall. Makes a loud noise. And that causes him to become deaf. That's not called Heka. You didn't hit him directly. What's Pshat? You're telling me that when you cause damage through noise, but not through physical contact, that that's not called direct damage. That's not true. If you have a chicken who sticks his head into a glass bottle, and he shrieks, and he makes a loud noise, and the clee breaks, so the owner of the chicken has to pay Nezik Shalim. Now this is what we call in the Gemara Babakam, it's Okay, this is not direct, this is called like indirect. We have a machlaikis in the Gemara Babakam, whether it's Sreiris pays Chatsi Nezik or Nezik Shalim. This Tana holds you pay Nezik Shalim. But it's a hezek. Okay, no question. Different animals make different noises. And with the noise, they broke the kalim. Because this is, this price is going according to Sumchis, who says, according to the Rabbana, I think, who said, by Sreiris only pechatsi nezek. But either way, whether you pechatsi nezek, nezek shalim, you definitely see that with noise, you're considered a mazik, one way or the other. So then why over here by the Evid should you not go free when you noise causes the Evid to get a moment? I'll tell you why. Shani Adam, when you scare a person like that, Chivin the Bardasu Iu Mavis Nafshe, right? So this is not politically correct. Right? This is saying that when it, when a person gets scared, it's their own fault. Right? Even though I, you know, the guy came around the corner and I blew a foghorn in his ear, right? But that's his own fault for getting scared. 
Okay, the, the psychologically speaking, it's his decision to be scared on some level, and therefore that I am not considered the mazik in that case, and I am not considered the one or the other who caused this damage. Kedusanya, hamavas is chaver. If you scare somebody, potter b'dinei adam. You chay b'dinei shemayim, but you potter b'dinei adam. Right? Never, never get ketzad. Talk of yos like a charshei potter by a regular person. If I go over and blow a foghorn in his ear. Right? I don't know, maybe, you know, if it gets so close or whatever, but generally speaking, I just make a loud noise. I am Potter Bedine Adam. Bezdin cannot enforce such a hezek. If I hold on to him and hit him in the ear or do something, put it on his ear, then then it would be Chayev. But just the noise itself is not, and therefore by an Evid also, if you cause the Evid to become deaf or, or blind somehow through noise, that would not be, through indirect contact, that would not be considered enough to free the Evid. What if you hit him on the eye, but he didn't go blind? He just got weaker eyesight. Caused his eyes to become weaker. If you hit him in the tooth, the tooth didn't fall out, it just got loose. Okay. So the Gemara says as follows. If there's, the eye is still usable, he could see. And the tooth is still usable, he could chew. So so you've caused them damage, but they, again, it has to be has, has to be a mum. Now we said before, you don't need bitum alachtai. Okay, you don't need bitum alachtai, but this is not considered a mum at all. We're saying it's not a mum bichlal if it's still usable. If they're not usable, then of course, yes. We have the other side of the b'risa, which is, what if the Evid did not have good eyesight to begin with? His eyesight was only 50% to begin with. His tooth is already loose. And then I caused it to fall out. So it's like this. If when the eye was still there, and the tooth was still there, it was usable in some manner, then, so now by knocking it out or making it fully blind, I've now made it totally unusable. That's making the mum. So it seems to be the same point from two different directions. One on what I cause, and one if I started with the evidence was already 50% damage, but I made it 100. But I need to have both cases. I would need to teach me both halachas. Where it was good and I made it 50% bad. He was 100%. I made him 50. So if that's not usable anymore, so in the second case where he was only had 50% to begin with, so maybe that's not considered doing anything. So it has to teach you it is. But you could say the opposite. You could say the second case is worse. Because even though he only started with 50%, but I was done with him, it was zero. So that's for sure bad, because I made him from 50 to zero. Of Allah, when I was 100, I made him only 50. I didn't make him fully blind. Maybe that's not called. So it's in both cases, either going from 100 to 50, or 50 to zero, if it was usable, and now it's not usable, that already is considered in both cases, the other would be have to free the evidence. Here's an interesting case. So what if the other is a surgeon? Okay, he's a surgeon. And the Evid says to him, can you do me a favor and help me put on this chol? Chol was this like eye makeup. It seemed to be very caustic. Apparently it had lead in it. And therefore you put it around the eye, but you don't really put it in the eye. Okay, if you put it in the eye, it can talk about a person blind. So he says to do this, now the oven does it, and talk a little bit gets in the eye, and the Evid gets injured. He gets injured blind. Right? So, or if the Evid, the oven is a dentist. He says, can you help me fix my tooth? Don't take it out, but just fix it. The process. 
right? He ends up needing a root canal. And he takes out the whole tooth. Sichek v'yodem v'yotzel l'cheres. Says the Tanakhama. <laughs> right? So the Evid guy, Evid makes, uh, wins over here and he goes free. Right? He becomes, he becomes a Yitel, but he goes free. Now he's, he's no longer an Evid anymore. Shingam Leel, I mean, no. Shingam Leel says, look in the Posik. V'chiyaki isha seinav doya seinam asoy v'shichaso. What is that extra word, v'shichaso? Actually, it's the shachaso. It has to be the owner is doing it in a damaging way. If the owner is a, is a doctor or a dentist and he's trying to help the Evid, and by accident something happens, says of Shimon, that is not in the parsha of Shein Vayin. So we have a machlekes here. Does it have to be with kavona for damage or not? For Rabbanon, I have a shikhasa. It says for shikhasa. And the Rabbanon said, in that case, even though you're not machavon for shikhasa, you're still going to be what if a woman is giving, a shifcha is giving birth and the other is like a doctor, midwife, or whatever, and he's helping her give birth? Now, there, he's not even trying to touch the eye, right? He's just trying to help the uber come out. In the first case, he's trying to touch the eye, but he wasn't trying to do damage. Here, he's not even trying to touch the eye at all. Just trying to help her give birth. And the Uber becomes blind. He's potter. Why? My time, I recover the shakasa, which Rashi says doesn't mean chavin the shakasa. It means the chavin to even touch the eye at all. So, v'idach, mi v'shachas shachasa, it says, mi v'shachas shachasa, the extra hay. V'idach, shachas shachasa, the So the question is, do you have two drushas or one drusha? Over here, how far do you take it? So the Tanakhama says, everybody agrees. If you're not mechavet to touch the eye at all, you're going to be potter. The question is, if you're mechavet to touch the eye, but not mechavet to do damage, is that also going to be included in the drasha? That's a machlaikas. On Rav Sheshes. What if the Evan was blind? Okay, so if he was blind, there's nothing more you could do. But what if you knock the eye out? So you knock out a blind eye. Okay, so it says the Brisa, Evid says, He goes free also then, even though the eye was not usable to begin with. My time, Mechusser Averhu. It's a separate issue. If you blind the Evid, that's one issue. Here, even though you didn't blind the Evid, but you took off an Aver. Taking off an Aver is Mumsha Begolui, and that is going to be. Remember, we said before, it doesn't make a difference if it's Batum or not. We didn't learn that, Trusha. And therefore, it doesn't make a difference if it was usable before in this case or not. If you remove it, if you make it more, there's also things making it more blind, right? It's, once it's not usable, it's not usable. But if you remove it, then it's a separate issue. It's not a blinding issue, it's, it's a removing an Aver issue. Vatanatuna, and I'll prove it to you from Brysa. Because the halach is, when it comes to a carbon of birds, there's no halacha of zachar and a keva. By some animals, we bring a carbon zachar. By some animals, we bring a carbon a keva. By a bird, there's no such halacha like that. By a bird, you don't have to sit and check each bird if it's a zachar and a keva. We have a hard enough time keeping track of our birds anyways. right? So birds are fine. There's no din of zachar. And there's no din of tamus. There's no din of mum of the small mumin at least, that we normally discuss by an animal, those small mumin do not apply by a bird. Okay? Which means if you have a blind bird, right, which is considered a small thing, a blind bird can be used as a carbon for a carbon lens, let's say. So Yachal Yav Shagapa. What about a case where you ripped off the uh, wing or you ripped off the gapa, knocked a ragov is missing a foot, or the eye was poked out, it was missing the eye altogether. Is that also not a mum? The Pasik says, 
So even, not all birds, even though we said there's no din of mumim, but not all birds are okay if the, if the bird is missing an eye. So we're talking about a bird that was already blind, it's kosher. If you take out that blind eye, now it's possible because it's b'chaser aver. So also by the Evid also. If the Evid was blind and you took out that blind eye, the Evid would be Yetzel Cheres because of B'chosr Evid. Or peace. Amar B'chir Rashi, Amar Rav. What if the Evid had an extra finger? Okay, so the Evid has six on each hand. Okay, and you cut off a Chatchan, you cut off that sixth finger. So now he's just regular. So is that considered Yetzel Cheres? Is the word Evid Yetzel Cheres? Yes. He's a six-figure person. That's considered a Rashi Varim. You cut it off. That's only if that extra finger was part of the functional hand. Okay, so if he had an extra finger in the row of fingers, fine. But if he had an extra finger somewhere sticking out of his arm, right, which is not a usable appendage at all, then that would be considered just like a pimple, and that would not be considered a Rashi Varim or a Mumshibagali that would have to deal with it. Here, this is considered a finger, and therefore he would be Yaitza Lukhaz. Okay.